0: So I just studied, you know, natural products, plants, nutritional biochemistry, really everything I could. And then went, you know, right from there, got a job working at the National Cancer Institute to purify. One of the first immune therapies that was actually a curative therapy for uh, leukemia, um, known as hairy cell leukemia. And so that started my journey. I just love making medicine, prevention, treatment of disease. Um, and it's been a roller coaster ever since.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, a lot of your early work that you're known for was with HIV and AIDS. And for people who aren't listening, who aren't familiar with your history and your story, talk to us a little bit about. You know what you did there, because you're kind of known as a pioneer in that area for things you discovered, and 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 talk a little bit about that.
0: Well, um, so. After I finished my job as, a, as a, in the in the purification with the interferons, I, I learned of this program um, starting up called the Biological Response Modifiers Program. And so this was the first translational program where we take biological responses and and take the patients, doctors, nurses. I was just a technician, PharmDs, PhDs, um, technicians, and everybody would work together you know, translating the whole patient systems, biology approach before the term was even coined. And, and that was um, probably the most fun I had in all of science. Well, at that place, um, we actually had the the, the patients um, there in Frederick, Maryland. We had a small grocery store that they turned into a clinic um, across the street from um, the Cancer Institute. and And we actually, I was part of the team that isolated HIV Um, then called LAV that Luc Montagnier had isolated from some French patients with these, what was called gay related immune deficiency at the time. So um, I met the patients, I, I understood, I could see the destruction of their immune system. I isolated the virus and just basically spent the next Um, you know, the the rest of my lifetime, trying to understand how viruses cause acquired immune deficiencies. And now we appreciate, I call them acquired endocannabinoid immune deficiencies, because now we know there's an endogenous cannabinoid system that crosstalks with the immune system. So we were making, we were part of the team that under that with Candace Pert, Dr. Seti, and and my team made peptide tea. And your listeners can go watch or your viewers Can go watch the Dallas Buyers Club. So, this was an immune modulator. It wasn't toxic. And, and, you know, I started to see why wouldn't the government? approve it? Why wouldn't the FDA approve it? So I started throughout this time to see how the government would block the discovery made in the by these amazing people, you know, worldwide, why would you block approval of natural products in favor of toxic drug and over the years it got worse and worse. So during that time in the 80s, uh the t-cells um you know the the destruction the way the the way people determined you had aids was if your t-cells was your cd4 t-cells the helper t-cells they were called were below a certain level say 200 doesn't really matter what the number is so when they got that low and you disrupted the balance um you got all kinds of opportunistic infections. So all kinds of things that healthy people really shouldn't be infected with and certainly not dying of. And, um, and, and so one of the things we knew at the time was that only one in 10,000 T cells were infected. And so what the doctors said was it was bystander effects. And I'm like, well, that's not a highly scientific term. So I started, I I engaged in in a PhD program um, at at George Washington University. Dr. Rossetti was my mentor. And I simply hypothesized that the orchestrator of AIDS was a different part of the immune system. And if we could prevent that part of the immune system from from, um, the virus from waking up, or crippling that part of the, of your immune system, then of course, people could have HIV and never develop AIDS. And, and that was my PhD thesis. Um, now we had to change everything we had to change the way we treated the way we diagnosed, we had to use drugs in very, very low dose so that they weren't toxic. So you had to do everything you can to keep your immune system healthy, so that you could keep a balance and, and would never have those bystander effects kill those T cells. And, and, and ultimately, as we know today, that's that's what happened. So at a time when I thought we couldn't possibly, I mean, the healthy, beautiful young men um, were just dropping like flies. It was it was scary. It was probably one of the scariest times of my entire life. So I wasn't afraid of isolating the virus and working there because um, just I, I don't know why none of this is ever um, I'm not afraid I, I I really trust God, and I think we know enough about our immune systems to keep basically any microorganism from becoming a pathogen, if we know how to, um, to keep our immune systems in balance, and that's those are the kinds of immune therapies and drugs I've um, developed all along. and and of course, you know <laughs> it it moved on to where in nineteen ninety nine I was um I was appointed to be the director of then the world-renowned laboratory of antiviral drug mechanisms. So our whole job was to look and see um, how we could develop drug therapies, immune therapies, and other things to prevent um, viruses from causing disease. That is, so you can be infected. And so now we know what now no HIV doesn't cause AIDS um, because um, in order to be causative, every person with the virus has to have the disease. And we now see pre- Exposure of prophylaxis commercials. We give these um, highly active antiviral drug um, therapies. We give them to the infected or to the susceptible free, and um, and of course now we know that um, um, we rarely see an AIDS patient from HIV anymore. Certainly from other causes. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, in your in your latest book, Plague of Corruption, you you outline some of the things that happened, um, some things happened to you. Things got kind of, I'll use the word dicey. You, you ended up getting arrested because you had to stand up for ethical reasons, for for research you were doing. Um, for our viewers who aren't familiar with that part of your story, talk a little bit about why you took a stand and, and how that landed you in jail and what happened after that.
0: Well, well, that, that actually was the topic of our first book, which was called Plague. Mm-hmm. And so um, basically in in our studies, once we'd isolated um, a new family, of cancer-causing and neuroimmune disease-causing or associated retroviruses, because now we know you can have a lot of people with the virus who will never get the disease. So we associated a new family of mouse retroviruses with myalgic encephalomyelitis, which is called chronic fatigue syndrome here, with a number of cancers and blood diseases, with autism spectrum disorders. And, And we looked at those families just as we did back in the biological response modifiers. Program, and um, so um, you know, in 2011, when we found really the number of um, diseases associated and the the extent of the contamination of the blood supply, the extent of the infected people, which was 25 times. Um, HIV AIDS at the height of infection in this country. And we knew what it cost because the services and the, and the providing, um, you know, uh, life resources, as I just mentioned, free drugs, because it was in fact a contaminated blood supply that spread this virus through the population and, and not as we were told our bad behavior or the bad behavior of the IV drug users, the gay men, it was called gay related immune deficiency. Ultimately, it was called AIDS acquired immune efficiency and acquiring an immune deficiency can come from a lot of sources. And one of our colleagues mentioned um, in a publication in early 2011, that the most likely way mouse viruses got into humans was biological therapies. Um, Those very biological response modifiers that we were making um, back between 83 and 87 in that program. And that, um, you know, so between a contaminated and blood supply and contaminated vaccines with lots of different viruses, animal, Cancer-causing viruses from monkeys and even even the relatives of HIV um, are are in those vaccines. When we do, when we inject animal tissues with human tissues, we know fe- fetal tissue, um, um, aborted fetal tissue, is used in the manufacture of vaccines and and has been for decades. So when we realized, and we as a scientific community um, realized that. That's that that extent of damage likely came from contaminated vaccines and and a and a blood supply that had been contaminated since HIV because one of the confirmatory studies for our paper um, came from Shai Xing Lo and Harvey Alter. Our paper was published in Science October 8th. And so within six months or probably even sooner than that, um, uh, a doctor who had worked in HIV for the FDA, Shai Xing Lo, and had been working on mycoplasma at the time being a causative agent of AIDS. um, And his boss, um, the Lasker award winner Harvey Alter, actually um, validated our our results because he took a box from the freezer that he called non-HIV AIDS that had been frozen since the 80s. And and why did he call it non-HIV AIDS? Well, because number one, there was no evidence of HIV in in these patient samples. And yet the patients clinically had um, immune deficits, had T-cell, the kinds of things we just talked about, the problems of T-cell at low numbers and the balance of their immune system off and um and they were women and children and they, they were nurses they were they were not in the susceptible they weren't iv drug users prostitutes or and and so the the big um oh my god at that time he found 86 percent positive for XMRVs, the mouse retroviruses, that's what MRV means, xenotropic, because it's in a human, not in a mouse and um murine leukemia murine cancer causing virus retrovirus related retrovirus so that he they found 86 percent but importantly they found over six percent in the control populations in supposedly healthier carry individual and that's um that's between 20 and 40 million americans and and honestly um as as um Hillary Johnson wrote in the foreword of our first book, Plague, the title of the foreword, was a disease to affect the economies of nations. We simply couldn't afford So um, that, we couldn't afford to protect our lab workers when we realized this was contagious, that lab workers were getting sick, getting these diseases, their children were getting autism because retroviruses, especially the XMRVs, can infect every cell of the body, even the sperm and the egg and can be transmitted um, vertically as well as horizontally. That means two children, two grandchildren. So here we've got, you know, um, a, a virus that can activate and and is is associated with all these disease can't afford it. So instead of um doing the right thing and retrofitting our laboratories biosafety level three like hiv Um, and recognizing the extent of the damage in 2011 the government just tried to that that just destroy the evidence and do a character assassination on me and send a message to anybody else who ever did this kind of research again that their career, if not their life would be over. And that's what both, both books, the first book is much more science, but the second book is you know, the second book is everything else we learn. So it's just a a suspense thriller. And fortunately it's not a murder mystery.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, so let me just try to summarize this really quick for the listener. A lot of these chronic diseases that we're seeing now were perpetuated from uh, research being done in the laboratories and the creation of these contaminated vaccines.
0: Yeah, accelerated is a better word. They were, it's not causal because we know we had cases of autism and or like Lou Gehrig's disease in the world but they were accelerated so so much so that no now we hold bucket challenges for you know for als and and so everybody's got it so the the explosion of chronic disease um was in was in in a major part driven by this con- these contaminated blood supplies and contaminated vaccines
2: and so it was accelerated because it was compromising people's immune systems allowing them to become more susceptible to these things that we were already being exposed to for probably hundreds of years without having widespread consequences then
0: correct and the and the environmental toxins such as formaldehyde polysorbate 80 aluminum mercury that further compromise the immune system allowing the adventitious agents they call them even borrelia Mycoplasma mold. Think about the mast cell activation disorders. It wasn't just in these cell cultures. When we grow these cultures in the lab, we add antibiotics, we add antimycotics. So your children, before they even develop a healthy microbiome, are being injected with antibiotics. So they're they're skewing the balance of the microbiome that we now appreciate is so critical um, to regulating the immune system and the endocannabinoid system. So yeah, it's a it's everything. And the more we, we can clearly see, and, and I do, we do cases as expert witnesses in vaccine court um, showing the damage, the more the susceptible family members, that's people with other autoimmune diseases, histories of cancer in their... Families, they work with environmental toxins such as glyphosate, such as farmers, you know, who are are spraying their crops, and that's crippling their their immune system. Um, uh, you know, everything from jet fuel to pilots with oxidative stress because they're flying all, all the time. So yes, it's you're you're just driving the disease um, with, and the more shots, the more injections, um, the the sicker these kids get, um, and and of course there's a lot of death there.
1: You know there's uh, Dr. Judy there's a lot of of speculation in the public about where this latest virus the coronavirus came from you know it's human nature for us to want to know where it came from why this is happening and you know there's talk that it came from an animal to market there's talk that it's been created in a lab you know with all of your expertise on viruses and how they act and react what is the science point to here?
0: Well, the science is pretty clear from a 2015 nature medicine paper. and, and that is um, that paper said that the the, the lab at Wuhan, obtained a cell line called Vero E6 monkey kidney cells. So cells that harbor HIV and all these other um, monkey viruses and mouse viruses, things we've mentioned. Um, and so they got that cell line um, well before 2015 from Fort Detrick, from USAMRID, the Army Medical Research Institute's biosafety level four facility. Um, they worked with that cell line. They They grew the virus from the bat, they took them from the small molecules. They grew it in a cell line. So when you do that, in a laboratory, it's by definition not a natural evolution because these cells grow continuously. They're immune compromised in the cell line. They don't make type one interferons, the very interferon that is needed to suppress those viruses that I first made in 1980 as as a therapeutic for viral infections and viral associated cancers. So they don't have that in this cell line and that's why it grows so well. So it's a little virus factory. So you're not getting the mutation. So you're growing a little virus factory and a lot of changes can happen that can accelerate, I say, the evolution. It's not a natural evolution. If left to the wild, a bat in a market or anything else, uncooked, cooked, the viruses just can't easily adapt to infect human cells. They, they need to go through an animal intermediate. In this case, it's clear from the science, it's that cell line.
2: And I was actually curious about that. Um, you know, I I don't have a, a background in virology and these types of studies like you do. Um, you know, I have more of a, a medical background. Um, and, it, you know, we've been asking so many questions about this. And, um, you know, just from just from the background that I have, um, you know, it it didn't make sense to me that something from an animal would just jump into a human and start making them sick. And so I was really wondering about was this, you know, was this altered and created in some sort of a laboratory atmosphere and then, you know, then it got released and then and that's why people are struggling like that.
0: Right, and and we call it nosocomial because even even if it happened in a laboratory, most healthy people wouldn't get desperately ill from a coronavirus because they have no other comorbidities. They have no other immune compromised state like we're talking about. Um, Now, in the autistic, in the vaccine injured, they have mitochondrial deficiencies. They They have very low glutathione. Glutathione, the intracellular antioxidant, is what you must have to 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 make sure you can stop this virus from killing you. It is by way of uh, oxidative stress primarily that it kills you, as well as alteration of your epigenetics, that is your DNA methylation machinery. Key to silencing these viruses is the epigenetics that was in my postdoctoral career, another paradigm shifting discovery we made about how these viruses cause disease, and then that inflammatory signature, that that fire that's up too high, that the you know uh, again the compromise can't silence it. But most healthy people will just be exposed, even at a seafood market, if they got a, a, a normal exposure. So so it's only the compromise and Clearly, all the clinical data show that the, it's it's less than a normal upper respiratory infection in the healthy and. And in the compromised, it's still even comparable to a normal influenza, which of course can kill people with elderly with comorbidities in the average age of death from COVID-19, which again, well, I, I will still dispute, I will dispute to my death that it is, it is caused by SARS coronavirus 2. wherever it came from. A single agent doesn't cause disease. The symptoms of that are being reported by the clinicians they literally have nothing to do with the infectious range, the kind of pathogenesis that coronaviruses do. They infect these cells. They don't infect every cell of the body. They don't, I, I've seen psychosis, I've seen, I've seen burning skin. I've seen skin lesions. And I'm like, no, that's vaccine injury. That's not coronaviruses. That's that's what we see in vaccine core. And and so, you know, what's the disconnect here? What what are we doing? And and how are we, you know, driving people um in a fearful way? You know, uh, I I don't know if you know much about the autistic community, but um you know, they are extremely deplete of oxygen. Uh, so mitochondrial deficiency, glutathione deficiency, those kids will die with those masks on. Those kids will go into, will, will lose, they will go into anxiety, they will go into rage. That's not a virus, that's that's the methods that have been told to us would, would heal this virus. And so the very most compromised and the very most injured because, of the 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 really the the criminality of a government that removed all liability and, um from vaccines in 1986 and and for 36 years no safety testing has been done no people have been allowed to make discoveries like um like we've made and if they do make those discoveries they either end up losing their careers or their lives as we detail other investigators in our book plague of corruption so um yeah covid-19 is a plague of corruption and the coronavirus isn't what any of us should be worried about um we should be worried about um the forced and mandated vaccination um because the these vaccines will kill the original victims. so it's it's a deadly combination and we know that um how the viruses um and the immune systems respond so i feel like it's the detonate switch
2: yeah and you know stepping back and kind of just looking at the whole picture over the last And i'm just gonna throw out 30 years because it definitely is you know probably going. you know things have been getting set up for a much longer period of time but just for the time frame that i can remember as an adult you know i can go back and take a look at like we've been setting up the perfect or we've been set up inside the perfect storm i mean in the last 30 years we've seen you know kids who used to only get you know this many vaccines you know like i don't know seven vaccines now they're getting what 50 or 60 vaccines now by the time that they're in what, third grade or fourth grade, right. something yeah. like that. Like, I don't know the exact but, but I know that it's gone up a lot and these vaccines do compromise the immune system and they do co- and they do uh, cause issues with the blood brain barrier, which then leads mm-hmm. to other problems. I mean, there's so many problems that the vaccines cause, plus our diet. I right. mean, it's so full of contaminate, you know, c- contaminants from, you know, preservatives to Uh, to insecticides, just so many things that further make the body sick. And then we've got environmental toxins that are in our makeup, in our perfumes, in in the air that we breathe, in the food that we eat, in the clothes that we wear. So, and and, and this has gotten so bad over the last 30 years. And you can see a very stark increase. And I've actually shown this in graphs, uh, 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 in graphic overlays, Um, in some of my um, uh, masterclasses that I've done on mental health, that with the increase in, for example, glyphosate use, just that alone, you've seen a stark increase in a lot of these different mental health and other chronic diseases. Um, And so, you know, what you're saying, uh, you know, I think can help the listener to kind of take a look back and step back and look at what's happened over the last 30 years that has set us all up to be very, very vulnerable now where, you know, most people, what's so scary is that most people are not healthy anymore.
0: Right.
1: You
2: know, we have to fight for our health. We have to go way outside the norm to regain our health and to maintain our health now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, this, you said that better than I ever could. So it's hard, I mean, in, in COVID-19, what do they do? Oh, they close the bathrooms, they close the farmer's market. You only get, you know, glyphosate-laced um, uh, food, processed food. So, and and, and that only under duress of wearing a mask in a grocery store that's so heavily sprayed with toxins, you can't even breathe that cleaner that's in the store. Uh, it's just a nightmare. So, you know, we're we're losing weight because I won't go to the store. <laughs>
2: Uh-huh, uh-huh yeah it's been um you know i i was in the, the store this morning and um it was let's just put it this way i won't go back into the store i w- i refuse to go back in there because now i'm being forced to wear a mask my glasses fog up i feel claustrophobic i actually started to feel a little lightheaded and i didn't know if that was because i was feeling upset or if because i really wasn't getting enough oxygen Um, and um, a lady in the store, so I I pulled a mask down just right to here. You know, I know that the masks are not working anyway. It's just, it's a false sense of security. I pulled it right down here a, so that I could see where I was walking, um, and B, so that I could feel like I was actually getting some air. And uh, and I got a very snark remark from a lady in Whole Foods who works there and says, you're gonna have to leave the store if you don't cover your nose. And I said, well, I can't see if I cover my nose. My glass is completely fog over. And I felt so uptight about it. Um, I just refused to go to the store. My husband said that he would do
0: it for us. <laughs> Yeah, what we actually made was we had a little card that somebody in my church group made for us and she even laminated it and put it in a clip and it said, I have a lung injury. I cannot wear a mask. The American Disabilities Act and the HIPAA acts um, um say you can't ask me what my disability is, and you'll get fined if you deny me access to this store. So we just wear it like a kindergartner on our wear. On our our and yeah. I won't go in the story either, but my husband, he's 81 and he does have COPD and he's so funny. He's like, oh, thank you very much for protecting me. He's so funny. So he just keeps going. And if they try to stop him, he acts <laughs> like um, I don't know what it was, it Peter Falk in Colombo, where he was just this dumb guy. Everybody just thinks he's his big teddy bear <laughs> and they leave him alone. And, oh my he gosh. Gave him a copy and I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um,
2: you know, let's circle back around for a minute. Because you said something that I think that we should like go down this road now is you said, we shouldn't be fearing COVID. We shouldn't be fearing this coronavirus. Right. Let's go down that road and talk a little bit more about what we need to be careful about, like what's really going on here that we need to be fearful of. Or maybe not fearful of. I don't want to say that because, you know what, I want to retract that statement because we don't need to be fearful, we need to be educated. So what is it that we need to be aware of so that we can stand up and be able to do something about it and come together? Because uh,
0: you know, there's a lot of concerns right now. Right, I, I think the most important thing to be aware of is that everything we're being mandated to do by our governors, our federal government, our state legislators, anything else is um, not only dangerous, because you mentioned you get lightheaded. Imagine that construction worker 15 floors up on a building and I've had my friends and colleagues saying, please help us here in Riverside County, California, because our husbands are going to die as they pass out and fall off that ladder or as you are. I mean, can you imagine anything like driving in a car in a mask, really, you're all alone, you're in a car and you're in a mask and it's the same car you got in the last four years. Really? Um, And and that when you're driving that car, you can get lightheaded, you can pass out, you can have a car accident. It's not a trivial matter. So look at all of the measures that we've been told to do that are unconstitutional, that are against American Disabilities Act, HIPAA Act, say you have anything, if you have asthma, you're at risk can't wear a mask on, look at the, the, the requirements to get a flu vaccine. So I can't walk in that grocery store and buy a roll of toilet paper, but I can get a live flu vaccine causing an upper respiratory efficient, um, uh, infection in a compromised elderly person, and then they put on a mask and they continue in an immune suppressed environment to replicate that virus and create an explosion which can be so inflammatory that it could cause a sudden cardiac arrest
2: let's talk about that let's talk about that for just a second okay (laughs) i want to make sure everybody understands that so when you go get a flu vaccine and you get that injected into your body it actually causes a live infection in your body maybe in a small amount not so much that people that supposedly that people will get sick although some people do get very sick from the vaccine yeah. um but nevertheless they've been exposed to a, a live infection through that's the right. injection now when they're breathing
0: they're shedding. where
2: where they they are shedding and that's one of the ways that the body detoxes is through breath as well yeah. so the body is trying to get rid of it but you're wearing a mask so you're rebreathing it essentially causing a higher concentration
0: of that infection in your body that has a higher likelihood of killing you yeah and that inflammatory response that cytokine storm that depletion of the of the intracellular glutathione that oxidative stress well that's what all upper respiratory infections do whether microbial or uh, or viral and then if you're if you're really in a bad place, you get the Prevnar on the same day with a boatload of aluminum in it, um, and that doesn't necessarily shed. That's recombinant pieces of parts, but it further cripples your immune system. And so, when you drop dead while you wear that mask, uh, and again, you can be shedding through the mask, so you're not protecting anybody else. And um, you know, uh, you know, as we remember a few years ago nurses that refused the flu vaccine were forced to wear the mask. So we used to use hashtag ask for the mask because we know, knew those were the people who weren't shedding virus on people who were immune compromised working walking into hospitals and, and cancer therapy programs. I mean, I still can't comprehend that they vaccinate cancer patients who are by definition so immune compromised that they've got uh, cancer and those chemotherapies have further and radiation. Therapies compromise them and they would inject them. That's just, you know, I was I was with a patient, and it's really not funny. And Dr. Rossetti was with me a few months ago and I pointed as the person went to get blood drawn for their test. And I pointed to the sign and he's like, Yeah, you got to kill him with vaccine before you kill him with the chemotherapy. That way you're not held liable because there's no liability if you kill him with the vaccine. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, yeah, not funny. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, you know what? And what's so sad is that is that people just so blindly go and get it because they believe that they believe these initiatives put out by the government, you know, without
0: questioning it. When and, they're doctors. and they're doctors. How can an oncologist do that? So that's why, like, as you said earlier, Elena, we, we focus on educating. We've got to re educate our entire medical system. No, 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 no. You know, this is, you know, and so that's, that's the good news in COVID-19 if everybody realizes this is a plague of corruption intended to take away our rights. So we, we simply must reject any unconstitutional laws and remove any, any officials, governors, I don't really care, mayors in New York who denied religious freedoms. Really, if, if you don't close your church, I'll close it forever for you, not in America. You know, not some mayor No, that you don't get to override constitutional freedoms. And this is the first thing that we should be doing, saying, no, this is my constitutional freedom. My, 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 as a human being, I walk on the beach. What's the public health measure of shutting a beach? You can't possibly, healthy people walking down the beach cannot make somebody sick. If you're healthy, do you go for a run on the beach? Yeah if you're sick, do you go for a run on the beach? No. You stay home and you drink chicken soup and you don't run that day because you don't really feel good. What did we used to say if you had a virus? Oh, don't exercise because you'll make yourself sicker because that's the inflammation. So and, and, and there's a nice breeze on that beach today. You know, viruses transmit when you cough through the little water droplets that you can't even see. They go through that mask. Some of them hit you back in the face, but they go through that mask. But They certainly, as they hit the dry air and fall to a surface a couple of feet away, nobody's getting sick and certainly not a healthy person. How can that one little droplet, and that one little droplet, does it contain a viral particle? No. If you've got RNA that you had to scrape out of your throat and amplify a million times in order to even call yourself positive for having those RNA sequences that are a 10th of a virus, are you really gonna cough something if you had to amplify it a million times? Nobody's ever shown it in the saliva. That's why I mentioned that I isolated blood from the saliva of AIDS patients back in, they were AIDS patients, even healthy people carrying HIV won't infect another healthy person. The commercials are all on the TV. So every public health measure they have said will actually cause you more immune suppression, compromise your immune system, you know, uh, close a public restroom. Oh, so we'll pee in the streets. That's really good for public health. You know, and yet the signs are everywhere here in California public health and safety code, wear a mask. And I say, no, I take it down. We take them off the beach. (laughs) We remember the sixties when they said, keep mother nature out. You remember that song, sign, sign everywhere, sign. Uh, uh. Do this, don't do that. Well, we're there, we're back there again, back to the days of the sixties when when Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy Sr. were fighting for our freedoms. So it's just another form of tyranny and, and it's the worst kind ever um, um, because it's bio warfare against our own people, against our own country perpetrated by the heads of our public health uh, 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 officials in, in HHS. And, and that's why I say they should be convicted of treason.
1: Dr. Judy, let me ask you this. We're seeing a lot of doctors in different parts of the country. A lot of these are ER doctors coming out in videos on social media saying that some of the treatment recommendations from the CDC are actually making patients worse. And then we see a lot of these videos being removed or censored from social media. A lot of interviews with you have also been censored and removed from social media. And you have a lot of everyday people out there who have a really hard time believing that there's some type of censorship here happening. What is your take on this? What's the t- what's your take on the treatments that are being recommended and then what's your take on this this censorship that seems to be happening?
0: Well, as I mentioned, not one of the treatments that is recommended Um, is helping. In fact, most of the data is pretty clear they're hurting. The ventilators are killing people, the ER docs, other docs that say the masks are insane. Even Tony Fauci said, oh yeah, the mask serves no purpose. So who does it hurt? The compromise. Uh, So um, the flu shot hurting people, we've discussed it. The remdesivir, the new drug that is gonna save everything. Well, you know what, you kind of manipulated those trials and it's really actually probably pretty dangerous, you're going to where our FDA is going to fast track it and improve it while we have simple type one interfere on simple vitamin c simple zinc um, a, a simple colloidal silver um, washing your hands with soap the same things we would do any year for a corona or any other kind of of upper respiratory infectious agent um so and 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 yet you're promoting everything unhealthy and and everything we say is censored um, because it's the truth so if if people you know that that we are censored from free speech in america is one thing but you know um i've been waiting for the in fact i had an interview for plague of corruption on nbc news yesterday and they canceled it why did they cancel it oh the legal department was afraid who's funding our major news networks we you know it's it's really as simple as follow the money. Oh, Merck, Merck, all the commercials, all the drug companies, we talked about that. um recently so we're only one of two countries in the world um, that allow direct to consumer advertisement of of drugs um and 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 so oh so we have all these ads on tv and as as um bobby kennedy jr reminded me the other day um in a non-election year 70 percent of all um tv networks are supported so the actors and the actors are are supported by pharmaceutical companies so the money Everything is skewed and any other voice in this country is getting censored. But the big mistake they made Um, is hold everybody at home and give them Zoom classes and Zoom platforms. And now all of a sudden we're gonna get paid not to go to work, which is you know the American dream. Can you imagine? We didn't have tax day this year. So it's like, oh, okay. And so people are sitting around like you and me today and we just, we get up in the morning, we put on a suit and we go to work. It's, you know, you don't even know if I have pants on. As as my husband says, you'll scare them, Judy. Uh, But at any rate, so. Um, we go, we go and we sit and we drink coffee and we talk and, and people have nothing better to do and they're listening and they're seeing the alternative networks and they're seeing the message and, and they're reading the books or they're, or they're comparing the news on the TV and the news on their computer. And they're like, yeah, why would she say that? Oh, did you know Deborah Burke's daughter is the associate director or some kind of director of the Gates Foundation? So here's scarf lady standing up there saying, oh, we're going to liberally define the most liberal definition possible for what COVID-19 is. So as we understand it, if you jump out of a plane without your Para, parachute you will be diagnosed as death due to COVID-19 no you know okay you know this this is insanity and 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 everybody can see the insane what do you mean liberal diagnosis even even people who have no medical background. what do you mean my my 80 what do you, the average age of death is 80.1 You know, I see, you know, World War II veteran died of complications of COVID. Oh, is that because the ambulance didn't arrive at his house? Is that the complication? Is that because there was a do not resuscitate? Or you were told to use a ventilator instead of oxygen, simple oxygen cannula in the nose? You know, is that complications from COVID? Um, But it's not funny, because they're burying the evidence. They're burying the evidence of who they've killed. Nobody gets to look and see, oh, wait a minute. The autistic kids have no glutathione, have horribly messed up DNA methylation machinery, have those inflammatory signatures where anything you do to them is throwing gasoline on a fire. Oh, who's dying first? Oh, the very people we injured over the last four decades. 50 million Americans um, were the controls with, XMRVs, with the mouse, monkey, bird, and other gamma retroviruses, with Borrelia, who's going to die? You know, we with, with chronic Lyme disease. Oh, they are, because they already have mast cell activation disorder. What does that mean? They've already got a primed pump, and the minute you throw a teeny bit of gasoline on that fire, that next vaccine you're going to mandate, um, you'll kill them. And then nobody'll ever know because you've buried them in mass graves. You've literally diagnosed everything as COVID nineteen. It'll look like the Spanish flu that killed fifty million Americans, and it's a plague of corruption.
2: It absolutely is, and and I felt you know that was unbelievable when I first saw that coming out in the news. I it, it really helped me put more pieces of the puzzle together right away because why else? would would there be cover up as to you know, um why would you come out and label everything as a you know as a as a death that was caused from uh, you know from covid? Uh, you know, there's no other explanation other than they're trying to bury evidence. They're trying to create more fear around this so that then they can come up with their you know with this so that then they can be the saviors and have the solution, which is which is another vaccine that's going to just like really, you know, it's really scary because, you know, we know that more people are going to get sick, more people are going to die. And we're trying to, you know, spread that message out there. And I'm so proud of the doctors. I'm sure you are too. So proud of these MDs who are standing up around the country. You know, I mean, of course, just like anybody else, they don't want to lose their license. They're amazing doctors. They're critical thinkers. They're the ones that are not killing people because they're not following the agendas of using these, um, using the ventilators that are killing people they're coming out and speaking truth you know and i mean i i'm so proud of them because they are also just like you are just like we are trying to spread a message that you know that you know that what's going on is total corruption and it's going to lead to you know a huge demise of you know not only populations uh you know of people in the us and around the world but it's you know, it's this is leading to the loss of our of our constitutional rights. A lot of the things that are going on right now,
0: right? Absolutely, and and I'm I mean I, that is the silver lining, that doctors are waking up and saying, "What? You know, we did the testing. That's not what we're seeing. We're seeing antibodies. That means people are immune. What's your vaccine going to do? Make an antibody? Oh, okay. Doesn't a person with an antibody not need a vaccine? And what wouldn't the person that's re exposed once they have an antibody, um, do something called antibody-dependent cellular cytotoxicity. That means kill your own cells and drive that flame, throwing gasoline on a fire. So why are you injecting every single person on the planet when most of the planet's o- already immune and the injection's going to kill everybody? So why are you injecting anybody at all? Well, because you can, because you've scared them, because we've taken love out of the equation. We are not allowed to touch people. We're scared of people. People are committing suicide because they had the infection and they recovered. Now they're not allowed in the military. I saw this morning. Oh, if you had uh, COVID-19, you can't rejoin the military. If you had a positive test, doesn't that remind you what they did the military and HIV? Yeah, that's what they did you know how many times did they get to do this to us where they kill the 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 first responders the the lab workers the nurses the doctors you know the military those are the people most heavily vaccinated and most heavily injured and and now and and we're a country who's patriotic we honor people on football fields while we kill them it it makes no sense none
1: you know, Dr. Judy, we have uh, some questions coming in from our yeah, from our live <laughs> listeners. And so I want to get to a couple of these while we have just a few minutes left. And okay. I think this is a great question because we have a lot of people listening who have no medical background, no science background. They're getting all their news and their information from watching the news and turning on the TV. So yeah. Jessica asks if you if, if she can have some kind of explanation to help her understand the truth about how dangerous this virus actually is.
0: Um, I think the clearest information about the truth of how this dangerous virus actually is, I, I take from uh, Dell Big Trees, the highwire.com. His highwire show of a couple of weeks ago, look for it. So what he reported there was between and all doctors and all testing. And he had a number of doctors on there, 0.1%. That's one in a thousand. To 0.003, to one in 300 um, people, could even be 10,000, um, will will ever die, and those are the people with significant comorbidities. So this isn't even as as dangerous as the usual influenza seasons that means if you're basically healthy you're going to be sick you might cough for a little while and this is a severe cough so i won't tell you it's not a severe cough and i won't tell you that um, measures don't need to be um taken and i was talking to uh, the lovely dr daniel Newsom last night um who some of his family came over and and um and they got quite sick but he has a method and in natural products you know what we do with he and he does with herbs and medicine so he was overnight able to treat this so we're overnight with smart naturopathic doctors other doctors able to understand this and treat this so it's not you're not at risk and when the government tells you all these people are asymptomatic carriers no those are by definition healthy people you don't carry a coronavirus you clear it with your immune system or you never get infected if exposed in the first place and um and and this is what uh dell show of a few weeks ago and dell and those doctors really explain it at a level where jessica will really understand it. it's Essentially zero risk, and everything else. The measures that are taking are what's going to destroy the health of our families. I mean, I'm not used to seeing my husband that many hours a day, so just saying, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting really fat.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, so, so what? One of the things that I heard you say there is that the measures that are being taken now, that's what's gonna lead people to getting sick. Um, and so, and I've heard you speak about this. I have spoken with this about my patients. I'm sure Dr. Newsom has spoken, you know with his following about this. I know Dr. Newsom, by the way, he's an amazing guy. Love that guy. Um, and, and he's such a good teacher too, right? He's really good at explaining stuff and simplifying complex, you know, ideas and stuff. But staying inside all the time, bad for your immune system. Because You know, because you're not exposing yourself to all the viruses and bacteria that we normally expose ourselves to every day that actually help keep our immune system activated and strong and helps to keep, you know, helps, helps us keep from getting sick. Right. And then we've got uh, the stressors of, you know, all of the fear that that we're being fed a lot of people are having then on top of that even more stressors of you know they're being they're out of work and and they're and that's just causing them, you know, extreme amount of stress and fear. Right. Um, And then wearing the masks like that's another one. Right. I mean, that's you know, so all of these things combined um, and not getting outside where I mean that. You know apart from being exposed to other viruses and bacteria you know that is actually good for us to be exposed to these things being outside and getting fresh air getting sun where we can get my vitamin d which helps also to regulate our immune system and our inflammatory responses in our body like all of that's basically being taken away from us and so you know, Dr. Mikovitz has talked about this for all of you who, who are listening. I've heard her other interviews where she has talked about this, and you know, this is very, very important for for you to get outside as much as you can. You know, get outside, expose yourself to the sun, expose yourself to your environment, because if you don't do that, then you're you are further setting yourself up to get sick again. You know, later. And there are some other topics that we, uh, you know, totally are excited to hit with you because there's so much, there's so much in your message that we feel that needs to be spread. And we're all, we're already working on, on different ways to get the message spread out. So I can't wait to talk with you about this to let you know what we're doing on our end to help spread your message. But we do have a couple of other topics you know different areas that we want to talk about uh that hit on things that you talk about in your book um and uh so you know we are super excited to get to have our other um our other interviews with you um, but i think ann did have a couple of other questions she sure. wanted to
0: ask yeah happy and we're going to yeah. talk several times in the next few weeks i think Absolutely. monday right Yes, Yes,
1: on Monday. We we definitely want to dive further into the whole vaccine issue and get some real explanation on that because we have a lot of questions that people come with um, about, you know, around the vaccines. But this one here, I think, is another interesting one to address. Talk a little bit about herd immunity. How long does herd immunity take to develop? And, you know, is that something we're looking to have happen here with coronavirus?
0: well I think uh, the data support so what herd immunity really means is that remember all those healthy people so they've made antibodies so they've been exposed they're immune they're they're protecting those who are compromised and can't develop the immunity the very young and the very old so um, the the it's clear in south carolina and i think in sweden where they didn't do as drastic stay at home only the very sick or the compromised stayed at home and the rest of the family went out and went to work and used those you know the sunlight and everything that dr elena was just talking about to to boost their immunity, and then they go home, and 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 everyone's happy, and 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 they, you know, they don't necessarily spread the disease. So I think it's even probably clear that herd immunity exists in several states in the United States, and maybe in the entire United States, because it's clear um, to, to from the data that it looks like this virus already went through here last November, and it was that what was called an influenza season, which was horrible. But in fact. The 80,000 deaths in the severe influenza last year, less than a thousand were attributed to the influenza. So the flu could have easily been the Wuhan flu and we could already have developed natural herd immunity. We're immune. That is said to be 70 percent of the people. And I think it's pretty clear that 70% of the people um, have um, either antibodies to coronaviruses and are immune, even from this particular strain, because the conserved regions to the immune system are what you need to respond. You don't have to develop strain specific immunity. And this is why I've said, don't get an annual flu shot. If you've ever had the flu or you have ever had the flu shot, that's as immune as you need. And so you're only added toxins and risk. after that point. So herd immunity, I'm pretty, it's pretty clear is likely, um, is likely occurred in the United States. And that's why I continue to encourage President Trump to let everybody go now, let everybody go back to work. If you're not sick, go to work. Um, And and most of the people who are compromised, like my husband, he's 81 years old, he was retired, he didn't go to work anyway. He goes, hangs out on the beach, so they're only hurting his immune system because he can't go out on the beach. And in order to keep myself from getting angry about the masks and things, I simply pray for, I stop and pray for everybody that walks by with a mask on, that they wake up that they, that, that they, they trust God. They don't fear. They know we have a natural immune system and they recognize that, wait a minute, God didn't make us to breathe our own CO2. God didn't make us to wear masks. Why did we never wear a mask before? You know, um, oh, because we have an immune system God given. And if we develop it with natural products, with plants, with healthy food, we'll all be fine.
1: We got a great point here from Renee and he's asking, he says, one of the problems right now is that you're being attacked in several online communities and being discredited. What are some sources that people can go to to find some research that helps align with or aligns with the the research you talk about? Where can people find this research to share it, you know, credible research that they can share?
0: I think uh, there are a number of sources. Um, the the truth about cancer and the truth about vaccines. We did a panel a few weeks ago. We had a whole meeting. The online summits for nutrition. For you know the um, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny um, has a vaccine research library. She, she has classes on her website. She's done forty thousand hours of research. She teaches me. Um, so the uh, I, I mentioned Dell Bigtree and the high. Wire.com. I mean, there are numerous sources of, 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 places where people are really getting the truth. And it's, I, I love it. I think um, um, Dell had Zach Bush on yesterday, the brilliant endocrinologist who uh, a, a couple of years ago, we, we gave back-to-back shows on Dell Bigtree show. And he's like, forget your doctor, know your farmer, you know, eat healthy food. So there's, there's so many resources and autism one is going virtual this year. So now most families with with injured kids and it's more than just autism one, it's going to be Gardasil injury, it's going to be Dell, it's going to be um, Dr. Buttar, it's going to be um, Sherry Tenpenny, um, Dietrich Klinghart, Joe Mercola. I've given lectures for Dietrich and Joe Mercola. So these doctors education sites where they educate people, there's so much available right now that that people can find alternatively and get the real sources and just like our books our two books are are thousands of pages of references and our website um, PlagueTheBook.com. It got censored. It got taken down yesterday, but I'm sure um, our, our webmistress, mistress uh, Cheryl will get it up as soon as possible. And it, it's fine. People know my phone number. I don't care. So call me. I'll I'll try to help you. But we can direct people. There's so many fabulous healthcare, natural healthcare sources, and 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 doctors who have stepped up there and 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 educated whole patient populations. So now more than ever. So I think it's May 20th through the 24th. You're going to be able for free um, to see every lecture you want at autism one so four days the the gift of not traveling is you don't have to take your sick kids out and and you're at home and you can watch the whole thing and we even sit in exhibitor halls so because of the technology we can go and we could sit and you can ask us questions so we did a panel yesterday with with uh, uh stephanie Senip with glyphosate with arthur krigsman um with um dr richard deeth um we we're uh, we we're talking about Type one diabetes, um, and 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 in the autistic and the development, I talked about vaccine court. So we have so Bobby Kennedy Jr. will be there, big Bigtree will be there. I, I think Dr. Klingart will be there. So it's there and it's on your screen and it's free. And so we, there's so many opportunities now to learn and to share. And most of us will sit there in those panels. Um, I think it was a couple hours last night and we had a really good conversation. And I think, you know, it might revolutionize medicine. So in the future, those that can't be present physically can actually always not feel left out.
2: Yeah, I think that's so, I think that's so wonderful. We have amazing resources. That are just coming out left and right, and you know, for, for the listeners, you know, you guys, you know, take note of this. A lot of these doctors that are coming up and speaking um, on these different, you know, um, documentaries and these different webinars and stuff that uh, that uh, Judy is talking about, these these are mainstream medical doctors who saw that there was a problem. They opened their eyes and they started looking at what was happening to their patients. When when they when their patients were becoming injured or their patients were not getting better, they opened their eyes. They maintained their 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 stance of critical thinking, thinking on their own and not just following the agendas that they were being given, and 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 they were able to see what was really going on. And you know, and these people are standing up not for themselves they're doing it to help you you know they're standing up against against the odds right because it's a lot easier for them to continue doing what the other mds are doing or the other do's are doing because they're fearful to lose their license they just want to get a paycheck so they can take care of their families you know and these other ones that you're going to hear from you know they have they're standing up and they are trying to help. And so take advantage of the time that you have right now and educate yourself. And and I just wanted to circle back around to the vaccine thing just really really quick. Okay. So please correct me if I'm wrong because again, this is not my expertise, all right? But the concept of a vaccine. Couldn't you say that, you know, the concept of a vaccine like it's pretty cool actually and almost like homeopathic kind of in nature i mean you're like using nature you're using nature to your advantage by giving just a tiny tiny dose of it not enough to make you sick but enough to get your immune system exposed so that your immune system knows what to do next time so it's not that the vaccines are evil it's Mm -hmm. what's been done to the vaccines it's what's been put into the vaccines and how they've been manipulated that is that is evil
0: Right, exactly. And that the liability was removed in 1984 and uh, 86 and no, no safety testing has been done since as required by federal law. So we don't know how much damage they can do. And interesting, you should say this because um, we can make a safe vaccine. I can literally take coronavirus and essentially any other coronavirus. And I say I, but it's always the royal we scientists and we We purify it, we purify it to just that infectious agent. And then we deliver it in a capsule away from the lungs. You deliver it to the bone marrow, to the immune cells where, you know, most of the endocannabinoid system is that responds by keeping the fire low. We have publications that show us that if we transiently block the cannabinoid one receptor, and I'll be talking about this in my talk at autism one, if I ever write it, but (laughs) theoretically I'm going to do that before tomorrow. And, and so we're going to, and so you can take that, that, that uh, modulate, take advantage of our knowledge of the cannabis system. So I call it the dimmer switch, the flame can't get too high. So present it right at the source of and to the antigen presenting cells, this is immunology and and give it a little um, curcumin. So the anti-inflammatory, so the fire can't get too high. So you will develop (laughs) specific antibodies and a breath in the very young and the very old mice. So you've got your solution right there and you can plug and play every virus that comes down to the (laughs) bike and deliver to the immune cells right where you need the response. Change everything. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry.
1: Dr. Judy, we got several people asking where to get your book. Um, One more time, your website, so people can go there. That's the best place for them to get (coughs) your book.
0: No, our book is sold by all major booksellers. Okay, perfect. Barnes and Noble, Amazon, um, Books a Million, India. um, So, and it's um, published by Um, Simon Schuster and Skyhorse. Our website plaguethebook.com. I have lectures, I have things that we've talked about. I'll have the registration, the free registration link for autism one there, the meetings, and you can find out when I'm talking. So that's right there on the site. I hope we'll have it up by tomorrow. It got taken down yesterday, but um, soon. But but really Amazon, um, they're still sold out. Um, (coughs) It's a bestseller, but you can get the Kindle version. And if anybody pre-orders a book for when it's in stock and they write me, uh, I'll simply give them the electronic version while they wait for their copy. So um, hopefully we'll be released um, uh, free to in society soon. So I don't wanna waste all this time when they could be reading this book. And it really is a quick three hour read. And I say to most people, if you have no other time, simply read the forward by Bobby Kennedy Jr. and which walks through generations of this kind of censorship and corruption, not only with vaccines, but with glyphosate toxicity, with GMO corruption, um, with um, the kinds of things like mercury and the other environmental toxins. So um, really an eye opener. Um, 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 Just gratitude for him for doing that. Um, And then read the last chapter, which is really good news.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that with us um you know we're encouraging everybody to get these books so that you can educate yourself because a lot of things are being censored but so far the government has not started book burning yet so um get your book get your books while you can um i say that because i'm just so angry at everything going on um but we have some great topics that are coming up with dr judy mikovitz we are going to be talking about uh more it, we're, we're going to dive more into solutions things that we can do if we do get sick Okay, we can talk about that on Monday, right? Dr. Judy, we can talk about that. We have actually helped many of our own clients um, using vitamin C, nebulizing silver, things like that. Um, I'm pretty sure I had it back in November because I've never had anything like it before. And once I started my own protocols, I got better pretty quickly. It actually cleared up within a couple of weeks. Um, And um, so we've got other topics for all of you that have been asking the questions, we will compile these questions so that we can help direct the conversation. Dr. Judy, do you think that's a good
0: idea, we can kind Absolutely. of direct the conversation? That would be nice to answer in the questions that we started today and then we can keep drilling down. I think it's on Monday, right?
2: yes yes we're we're going for a part two on monday and then also um for for um any of you who came in halfway through or whatever uh you know or you didn't have a chance to listen to it i know one uh someone mentioned earlier they're in the middle of a move and they were trying to hear it on their phone and they and they were losing reception we have the recording we'll send it out to you in our email if you don't, if you're not signed up for our newsletters, be sure to go to our website modernholistichealth.com, sign up for our newsletter so that you can get it. We'll be sending out, we'll be sending it out in the next week or so, and then also um, we have some really big master classes that are going to be going out to literally thousands and thousands of people, and we're going to have these interviews as bonus material, and so we have we have many many um, of the top. Uh, influencers in the health and wellness industry around the country, who are going to be um, um, helping us to spread the message on mental health and neurodegenerative disease issues, and and bringing evidence-based, data-driven approaches to helping to fix these issues. Um, and we also have uh, some anti-aging and some other things coming out. And we're going to be adding it. Um, to our, you know, to these programs that are going out, we're gonna be adding these interviews there so that you're gonna get just a wealth of information and you're gonna to get to hear Dr. Judy's message and share it with your friends
0: and family also. Thank you so much, Dr. Judy. Thank you so much, Dr. Lena and Anne. I've appreciated and enjoyed the day and I look forward to talking to you Monday. We'll uh, talk to you soon. You. Thank you. Thanks. Bye everyone. Thanks for joining us
2: today.